Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast, Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 212. And as promised, um, this is going to be uh, my version of a recap of the American Pointing Lab Association Triple Crown event this past weekend in Divide, Colorado. Uh, second national, you know, it's our, it's our big deal. It's our Olympics. Second one that we've held, uh, bigger than the one before. The one, the next one for 2023 is going to be in Idaho. And then we have some people that are up in line for having applied for that one for the next one. So we're going to be most likely moving these places to this to, you know, a little to the west and a little to the east, a little to the north and all that. So we'll be moving them around, but taking into account a lot of things. But anyway, I suspect next year is going to be even uh, even bigger and better because there are a lot of people. I, even the judges, some of the judges, there's three of us. Probably, you know, I'll have to speak for the other two. Those are guys are as good as it gets. Um, so we had a phenomenal judging staff. But they were looking at the plates and they were looking at the stuff. And I'm going, I don't know if you guys will be judging or running because it's kind of tempting to get in there and, and play that game. And a lot of people that almost qualified, you know, they were short one pass or something or just couldn't make it where I'd talk to them about their disappointment and, and not making it. So next year should be pretty good. Um, so I'm in a kind of an odd position because I'm one of the only, if not, I don't know how many pointing lab people have a podcast. A lot of dog people do, but I'm kind of a loudmouth one of a pointing lab people. And then I'm also been training professionally for over 30 years um, and competing in dogs decade past that. Um, and then I'm president of the American Pointing Lab Association. So I, I'm just sort of like everywhere, you know, <laughs> just like, like air, everywhere you go, there I am in some form or another. So I don't mean to be too much and overwhelming, but but I got to be I'm the head of the Triple Crown Committee. And so I got to be in on the planning and all that stuff. And and then I'm the one of the judges. So I'm in the middle of that. And then I'm president of the APLA. So I also got uh, an inter was interviewed by uh, uh, APLA sponsor, Kinetic Dog Food. And they wanted to interview. I, I, they interviewed a number of people. You know, they're a, a dog food company and they are have been heavily involved with uh, the protection dogs and the military dogs and the, you know, the uh, law enforcement dogs. And they know the, the guy and the dog that went over and and uh, got the last terrorist over there when, where he, they blew themselves up because that's better than having a dog attack you. And so fascinating. I, I just love talking to them because they had been around so many amazing dogs and amazing dog people. And so I was very happy, you know, that they wanted to come uh, look at us. And they, they walked the fields all three days. Now we're in Divide, Colorado at 9,500 feet. And we are going up and down and up and down and up and down with, uh, I think, uh, 13 or 14 dogs. And they're from the flatland part of the United States. And so I, I, it was amazing, you know, just up and down and up and down. I think he's ready to just go run a marathon. But they were very responsive to watching the dogs, all of it, the retriever stuff on land, the retriever stuff on water, and then in the upland field. And they went out and they filmed the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because um, 
most of it was awesome and every now and then there was like a ooh not good we had some of those and i would just say it was spectacular to have them there and uh they caught everything they're gonna have it they're on cable and on demand and all that stuff they will have it on their show they're they're preparing now the shows for next spring early 2023 so it will be on there and so it would be really good you know if you guys are interested and i'll post it on the facebook page and things like that so people if they want to see it because there was just some really the symphony was playing this past week and i'll say that much there was some just beautiful beautiful retriever work and beautiful uh, up just astoundingly beautiful uh, upland work i wish the whole world could have watched some of those dogs and people so they were there and they were a nice big part of it and we had tremendous help and a lot of good people and and it was a it was a we, it was on time you know we said we're going to test dog is going to run at 8 a.m every day and by golly test dog ran at 8 a.m every day so it was the setting is gorgeous if you look off a little bit to the south slight east there's pike's peak 14,004 don't something like that 14,400 feet so almost three miles high right above us and we were just under two miles high where we were and with basically a panorama of mountains all around us so it was if you're just sitting there watching or you know you already ran and you're waiting for the other dogs it wasn't a bad place to sit it was always cut in the morning it was chilly like i said we all had our hoodies all buttoned up and zipped up and then it got very warm not so much thermally warm not like 90 degrees or anything but just you're so much closer to the sun that you feel like you're getting a little bit more cooked than you would be otherwise but it wasn't it was never too warm no dogs were were overheating so the conditions were for labor day you know when it's hot really hot back at my kennel it was 100 degrees so it was really nice the conditions were it was great breeze the whole time so there was always a, a chance to catch wind of a bird whether you're running marks or whether you were in the upland field and in the upland field it was it was really nice so let, let's i'll just kind of try to recap it in a non-boring way but on day one um we did all land so we had a land triple and a and a blind up the middle of that and it was let's see it wasn't a walk up it we didn't have a diversion or anything it was just it was just a land triple and the blind and it was we were in a, a high spot and the marks and the blinds were down a hill and one of them was beginning up another one you know none of them were over at 100 110 was the longest thing it was just it, you get a lot of momentum going all the way down the gallery the whole weekend i'll just say this there there was a place for them to watch the entire set of marks every dog and then just rotate around a little bit and watch every dog in the upland field and see all of the bird contacts and that was one of our goals was we wanted this to be a little bit of a spectator sport and divide made it easy because it's mountainous and so you could we could do it where we could have the 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 gallery not interfering at all with any visual things with the dog work but where uh, they could watch stuff and i think that's that's it's no fun to go to an event and not get to hardly see anything and so that that was one of our goals and we did it every day it was really nice so we did the the triple and the blind and really as most of the dogs just a few seemed to have a little bit of difficulty with the downhill or whatever it was but as judges uh, and i'll say the three of us and we've known each other for a long time all of us uh, three different parts of the country uh, troy benson from minnesota bryce romero from kansas and then myself 
And we've all trained literally hundreds and hundreds of dogs and seen a lot of this. So the experience factor was there. The ego was set aside. Nobody was <clears throat> needing to impress anybody with their uh, cleverness. So we were in agreement on, on everything. We did never, ever argue about anything at all. And everybody contributed, really, where there wasn't one person that dominated anything. The mark, blinds, placement. If somebody said, how about if we moved it a little bit over and pushed it back further, you know, it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So in terms of a judging uh, side of it, it was as good as it gets. It was just a lot of fun. And I might suggest something, and then Troy would go, what if we just did it that way? And they'd be right. It was great. I wish all judging experiences could be like that for everybody. But that's what happens when you have the really good guys there. So we had the triple. It wasn't uh, no trickiness to it. Now, going downhill, uh, if you're not used to it, uh, is a, can be challenging. But what it did require, to any of judges that are listening to this, it was going to require that the dogs mark where the bird fell. And we made sure that all falls were visible. The dogs could clearly see them. You could see the bird in the air. You could see the bird land. Uh, there was no, like, if you got there, you'd win all the others. There was no silliness to it at all, no trickiness to it. But you're gaining a lot of speed going downhill. So you have to have some conviction about where you're going. Otherwise, it's easy to just to run through and, you know, head on to Cripple Creek for some gambling. So... And only a few dogs, the caliber of dogs we had there was, was pretty good. And so very few dogs, you know, kind of blew by. But uh, I don't think we had, we had very many handles in that series, a few. Uh, and a few, you know, that carried. I think we had one or two drop out on that, but carried. And then we had uh, several dogs that just got fives on everything. And then, in other words, they didn't, they marked it and went right to it. And they went to all three of the birds, and then the blind was, I think we had somebody get, the first whistle was when the dog was basically right on top of it. We had a few of those, and then we had a few where, you know, they were fighting hard to keep the dog from going behind the trees or into the holding blind of the next mark. It wasn't, wasn't tricky. You had to keep your dog in sight. But the dog work was good. It was good. And we had a few clean handles. Right? So a clean handle means they showed they clearly showed they did not mark the location of the bird and they were going to go somewhere with it they, we didn't want them. And so a clean handle right back to the bird. This scored, of course, more highly everywhere. And we had a few of those. The dog work was good. The handling was good. Um, the politeness was good. We had an honor on that. And every single one of our contestants always asked the honor dog if they were ready, you know, which was... We were kind of going with the old school good dog etiquette. Don't signal for birds when the honor dog's struggling to get his, you know, get situated and all that. So we had an honor on that. Had absolutely no problems with that whatsoever. So that went fairly quickly. And I think we wrapped up our 15 dogs uh, within just a few hours. And so by lunchtime, you know, or yeah, about lunchtime, we were ready to go. So we just had to just switch from the north side of the hill over to the south side of the hill. And there we had a very large, it's on Facebook, I think, some people are putting pictures of where we did this. We had a kind of a big V-shaped uh, with a very lopsided, like a check mark, a little on one side and a bigger, bigger hill on the other side. And that was our upland field. The cover was very good. We didn't have, you know, the Michigan, Minnesota cover that's up to your armpits. 
I don't, I still don't, you know, my dogs are going, we can't hunt here. I don't, I don't, how do you find anything? You know, those dogs up there are real good at it. Wasn't like that. It was maybe at most 12 inches in some places and lower, but they'd had a lot of rain up there. So it was real nice thick grass and brush and uh, there's a couple thistles over to the side, but it was really, really good. So if you put a bird in someplace, they tended just to stay there. Now they weren't going into a coma. So just for people's information, we did not dizzy these things. We did not put them to sleep. We did not tuck them into a little hole and then cover it up. What we did was take these real flighty checkers, especially day one, of course, fresh out of the pen. And, and we just sort of dropped them in a good spot and left them. So in other words, if your dog comes busting in there, that bird is going to come flying out. So first dog, the, the rules require four birds in the upland field. So dog number one, we always put five because very often all subsequent dogs have more than just their four. Not always, you know, but so we just try to make it, you know, balance it out. That's standard, I think, in most master fields, at least everywhere I've been. So we put five in and again, we're not, we're not tucking them. We're not making them where they can't fly or anything else. We're just putting them in a nice place that they want to stay. So it was interesting. This was our, I would say, our most challenging field. One, for people just to walk. Two, for uh, to understand what the wind was doing at this moment. And have you been there or have you not been there? Because it's up and down and kind of, it was, I walked it, we all walked it with every every dog. And I still was going, I'm not sure I'd go. I was trying to figure out how I would work that field. And it was challenging because the wind would be coming uh, from the east to the west, sort of up the valley. And then it wouldn't. It would be coming from the north to the south. And then suddenly it would be coming from the west to the east. So it was very hard to strategize and make a real good plan because the wind was doing often strange things. So many times with the best laid plans, the handler would be moving down there and the wind would be at our backs. And so a few times, well, frequently when that happened, you know, then the birds basically get bumped up because by the time the dog knows there's a bird there, they've already encountered it because they're coming from a, you know, a downwind, upwind position and they can't smell the bird. So that made it way more challenging. And some people really just really had a challenging time. And we had some really, we had some pros there really know what they're doing, right? And they'd strategize entering on the top and going crosswise and people were were, and I, you know, I'm still not sure how I would do it after watching everybody do it. So it was a, it was a double challenge. It was just, just topographically up and down and bumping around. It was hard. There was one or two badger holes in there you had to watch for. And then uh, the wind switching around and it, it was just, it was challenging. I'd say that was the most difficult field just to try to figure out and, and optimize for your run. So if the dog was going downwind, uh, a wild bump was a real easy thing to have. Or if the dog was just kind of in the, you know, what we always call around here, the crackhead mode, you know, like, woo, let's go. And they weren't really focused and thinking. It was very easy just to move in and push a little bit too hard and have those birds fly up, which made some people upset. And some dogs pointed, just pointed. So uh, my comment to that is we're at the national. This is the best of the best. This is Olympics, right? In the pointing lab world right now, this is the Olympics. So if your dog is kind of wild and crazy and pushes birds, you're probably not going to have the same results as you do with a dog that doesn't do that 
and that tries to detect the presence of a bird before they can produce it up. Because you know if you hunt wild birds, they don't just sit there. Unless they're under a snow blob, they don't just sit there. And so this, this required that the dog be, be very schooled and very good at what they did. You can't handle them into doing this right. You can't cue them. You can't do any of that stuff. They got to just do what they do. But hopefully all the preparation and experience you've given them. So the trainer and me coming out. So people that put their dirt when they train and they put them in, you know, the launchers or they put them in those little cages or they just hermetically stuff them into a sealed spot. Um, that does not help you when you're in a field like this where you've got to actually just point on first scent of, of a bird which later on we had. We had some 20-yard points, 25-yard points. Um, we had some of that really point at first convincing scent thing that was, that was really pretty. But if you didn't do that, this first field was kind of hard. And we lost a dog or two uh, because of that. Because we had every dog out there except one who we pulled early because of something that happened. But every other dog out there had four bird contacts. So it wasn't that they couldn't find them. It's just that they had to do the right thing. So there was a little separation right there on, you know, the, the dog's experience and preparation for this that happened because of that, not because of these dogs, anybody's inability to locate and point a bird because they absolutely all had it. So that was day one. It was a tough day. You had a big land triple. It, it wasn't hard, but it was not easy. No tricks to it. Nothing out of sight. No, get nothing. You just had to mark three birds and be able to handle well right between the marks. And then the upland field, you, you couldn't be a crackhead in there. You had to be kind of mindful and had to be a little more tuned in to what you were doing. And it was just flat out hard to figure out how to hunt that field. I, I got to give everybody that. There were some bumps of dogs that probably haven't hardly ever bumped birds just because they were just trying to switch around and, and it was, they had an inadvertent bump. So it was a tough day. And I can, I can vouch for that because the next morning when we had our mixed uh, land water series, these are marks and blinds that are a mixture of, of land stuff and water stuff. That was our second day. When we were sitting there getting ready to watch the test dog and make sure the wingers were working and everything was right, that's the most griping I have ever heard in my life ever. And I have done almost everything there is to do for a long time. And I had never, I mean, I was about ready to get, give one of my little school marm lectures. I didn't. Just trying to be professional. But it was like, I just suggest people <clears throat> don't stand behind judges and tell, say how much, how stupid everything is. Even if it was, which I don't, ours was not. Uh, even if it is, don't say it. Because the judges sit there and look at you, go, seeing how unhappy you are. That's not going to help you. <laughs> I just wouldn't do that. Nobody was punished for it, but I just thought, I would never do that, uh, even if what I was saying was legitimate. But so I think it was the day before people were kind of coming on. They're a little bit edgy. So we had a, a, a shorter and I thought very straightforward um, land. It was a double land water. It was a double and a double blind. And I hope, I haven't seen a picture of that yet. I know people have filmed some of it and had it. But it was a really neat little end of a, of a large pond, or at least for Colorado, a large pond. It kind of asked around and had some, a lot of, it, it's where the ducks, whenever you drive up there to do anything, up, ducks fly out of there. So it's a real good, it would be a duck hunting spot. And then you got a real high hill on the side. So we had a double. The first one was 
through a, 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 the little S thing and then into some splash water, kind of marshy stuff, but it landed in, in the marshy stuff, not because if you kept going, you just go right on out to the end of the pond, which was many hundreds of yards down there. So that was, that was the memory bird. And then over to the right was a, a kind of a bird of an angle that went, at first we were going to have it like halfway up this little thing, but the test dog hit this little ridge kind of hard. So we shortened the mark up a little bit, put it so that that probably wouldn't happen. It didn't happen again. So we had that double, um, which was not, I, I think everyone did it, um, just about. And then we had a double blind. One of them was cut in just a little corner of the end of that pond and then up the hill a little bit. And then the other one was basically a diagonal across to a corner down, I think they said it was 85 yards, maybe 90 yards. So you get in the water and stay in the water. And, and don't get out early because you'll get lost in the marsh. So if you just went at the blind within five feet on either side, you would always be, or six feet on either side, you would be absolutely fine. Just kind of keep them out in the water till you get there. And we had one dog line that, and then another couple others, you know, one whistle that. We had some just, I mean, it was so fun. It's so fun to judge because you just put a little straight line. <laughs> That's all there is. And a five. There was some real beautiful work. And some people had to work really hard. And we even had one person who decided to, to maybe, it was just too hard and wanted to call his dog in. And we suggested he not do that. Go ahead and finish. He was about four feet from it. New handler, new in this world, all the way to this level. So that was the day. It was pretty good. And I think everybody was feeling a lot better coming out of that. So then we just rotated around and just drove up over a hill. And now we're in bigger mountain valleys. Uh, bigger so it wasn't this up a hill or down a hill kind of a thing but it was a, a very spread out with pike's peak visible there and a most beautiful and a mostly constant breeze strong breeze strong breeze uh that went across that and the cover again was fantastic it wasn't high real high so you could always you couldn't this you couldn't see the birds when they were there uh until they came out but but they were but the cover had held them there and it was real nice. And again, we planted them, put them in a nice place where they'd stick and didn't have them upside down or dizzied or anything like that. There's just a bird out there in the field. And we had all of those out there. Now with this kind of more, less severe angles on the side, we had dogs smelling these birds from much, much farther away. Um, we still had some like to be close, but they probably, you know, when you train with stuck birds, a lot of times you can get that kind of thing but it was really really nice and so the work was really good over there it was really good um i can't i don't remember i think we i don't know if we lost any or where we lost them on that day i can't remember but i'll just say the work was good the upland was very nice much of the conditions the wind wasn't switching around all the time so you could kind of make a plan to go through the field and and people were doing that. And generally, the quieter people were with their dogs, generally, the more success they had. Just a note, <laughs> just an observation. You know, if you just let the music play a little bit. Um, and we saw some, oh, the what I wanted kinetic to get film of. And they did a little bit on the first day. It's hard when you're falling down the mountain. But one of those things where that dog just is running through the field and then hits one of those slams, you know, whether they're either bent or they're just into instant statue with that tail out there. We had some of those, you know, which is what I really wanted to make sure that that got on camera. 
beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff, and and just some such impressive dogs. So we ended again before, long before dinner both times. They had the the people, the marshal, uh, John Eden and Doc Barber had arranged for this beautiful scenic place nestled back up in a canyon with a lake and a big rocks and stuff, just for us. And dinner was catered for all of the for the judges and the helpers and then any all participants could just buy their dinner and it was nobody but us pointing lab people there and the food was exquisite and it was and i think they had a, a bar there you could a pay bar there and so it was we had the best evenings um there and the best food and everybody sitting around talking and everyone was starting to relax now second night right trying to relax uh because they were still there and their dogs were doing the work. And uh, it was just a few. We just had a few fall out on that day. I think on the water. And But it was just, what a... That's the most pleasant hunt test I've ever been to in my life. Yeah, that was so nice in terms of that. So we all had a, a great dinner and went back and got a good night's sleep. We needed it. I think my steps, number of steps uh, was for each day was... 15 to 20,000 somewhere in there and our gunner god bless him more than that he would had to chase birds and do everything so uh the dinner was awesome then it's our last day so we're on monday labor day and we had our water set up then so it was all water and you know part of the reason we picked it that way is because water tends to take longer so we figured we'd have we didn't want to, but if we had fewer dogs, it would probably be on the third day, right? That's, you know, when that, those are the only guys left. So we had, uh, we had a water triple and it was not hard. It was not tricky. You could see two of them were splashes, you know, uh, so we're in another corner of this pond, piece of the pond. And we have, uh, let's see, the first bird goes down on a hill above the left bank of it. So there's a big winger. And so they would have to cut the corner of the pond uh, to get up there and climb up the hill. None of these were, I don't know, if they were not, just 100 yards or shorter on everything. But we weren't, you know, that wasn't our criteria. It was just what was called for given that the, the topography that we had. So bird one was up on the hill where you'd have to cut a piece of the pond. The next one was down the shoreline. Um, landing in a little bit of grass that was there, big splash. Mostly you could see the duck when it was sitting there. And then the third one came out from a little bit to the right of, of where the handler was, and it was just thrown out from, from close to where the judges were out into the water in front of them. So three birds in the water. And so they just pick them up generally in reverse order. Every now and then a grass carp would jump, and that was a bit of a, of a, you know kind of a decoy thing but it didn't really mess anybody up too much not much but we had a little bit of that and then the blind was where you had to cut a bigger piece of the corner of the pond and go behind between the two marks the one up the hill and the one on the shore and behind the blind and up the up a little bit a little bit more water and up the hill to the blind so and it was not a, none of these blinds were hot so we didn't want to get into that mess so you had to be careful so you didn't cast them where they would could go behind where you couldn't see them behind the holding blind for the middle mark but uh the dog we had some people that had handles that just did a quick handle on that last bird just to make sure they didn't get in any trouble 
And I think we just had one dog, unfortunately, that it handled in the first series and then had to handle there. And so you have to have at least one clean triple in the triple crown, one clean triple at least. Not necessarily, you know, we don't say this is how many times you can handle, but we do say that you have to have one clean triple. So unfortunately, we didn't want to lose that dog, but we did over there. And then we went uh, to the final upland field. And this was another one just a little, I think just a little up the hill and over from where we had done our previous one. So we again had that awesome, perfect cover, wrist, beautiful cover. And we, so we just had to drive a few hundred yards down past the, to this field. And we had five guys, four guys and five guys planting our birds. So whoop, everyone was out and back. We didn't use the four-wheeler over there because we couldn't disturb the his private land and we couldn't, you know, tear up the, their beautiful fields for our stuff. So we'd have these guys walk out and then walk back and sit in one place. Uh, and we go into the field. And this was... And I had said on our on the APLA Facebook page, it was we all these dogs had been through all this, all the marks and all the technical stuff, and you got to get in the water and you got to go straight and you got to count to three and you got to take every cast, and they'd done all that and the the really hard upland field the first day, if you survived that, and it was like that's awesome. Um, we were you know that you got to have all the bird contact uh, contacts, so people that hold hunt tests and stuff. It's not like two and out, you're good. You know, we this is the national. You know, the, these guys found all the birds. Sometimes not the way they wanted, but generally in this group, they did. So here we're on the, the third day. You know, here's everybody there. People are tired. Dogs are fired up like always. <laughs> Even the dogs that were, you could tell the altitude. We had some older females who are awesomely perfect. I love older females. They were so good. But you could tell. They were like, whoo. <laughs> Let me catch my breath here. They were still so impressive. The dogs were, but their dogs were still good. The people were starting to wear out a little bit um, because altitude and, you know, we're, fat. okay, series. Okay, now upland. Okay, next day series. Next day upland. And we weren't sitting around and letting the birds walk off the field or anything. So people are tired. Big field. Um, birds planted nicely. And we walk out there. We have the same gunner, Ryan. He... He gunned all three days for every bird and every dog, up and down, whatever. So he gets the mountain climbing award for sure. And we, we walk into the field. The wind is really nice. So we can just crosswind back and forth going in and out. And we had some points that were 25 yards away or more. We had some, some dogs that would point a bird that was, had actually started to move. And then after they were on point, continued to move and finally the, you know the judges they were the gunner found it it's way out here yeah so we had to release the dog and go hunt the bird up again which these guys do um and everybody be afraid because every now and then if our gunner didn't hit it very hard um on, when they shot and the bird they, the dog had to chase the bird kind of trying to fly and get away you know everybody's like oh no not these guys man next bird they went in on they just slammed the point again it was so pretty it was just such a beautiful thing. And again, I kept, you know, I kept talking about there's a violins. I mean, it was just a symphony. Those dogs moving through there and finding those birds. And it was um, impressive. And I have seen the best of the best. And that's what I was looking at there. It was impressive. And 
and the the people were doing a good job and my personal favorite part of this you know, i love good dog work. it's what i do all the time i you know just i train these guys but what i've loved most of all being in the position i'm in the old guy standing there you know judging this stuff and watching these people and and they did such a good job and they had gone to such an effort just to qualify for this thing and to train the dogs to the levels that these dogs were trained and then to get ready because even if you have a great one you gotta you know remind them of the rules and stuff you can't be creeping you can't be pushing birds any of that and the dog would do it and if they were just had just hammered it what we did i'm not gonna i don't want to tell everybody this because i like dogs to contact birds but if they had three just slams out there we would always tell them you can keep hunting you can leash up whatever you want to do and of course wisely everyone leashed up that's the you don't want them to step on a bird reach down and get it and then you're out but people would leash up their dogs and the happy factor there that was coming out of those and i mean everybody even the hardened pros the tough guys right um and and some of the there were several people in there who had um who had not done this before and the the i I would get tears of my eyes. I'm, I'm trying to be cool, right? I, you know, I'm like, I'm all that. I know this stuff. And I would see this and I was like getting the tears out of my eyes because it meant so much. The amount of work, the hours that somebody, you know, even if a pro did it. But I, I, think, I think almost every one of those dogs that was there had been <clears throat> trained extensively by almost all of them, by the, the person that had them. And especially the amateurs you know the people that had the dog that sleeps on their living room couch at home the hours that went into that the hours the mistakes that were made people you, you got to know that you don't get to that level by being perfect and by being mistake proof you get to that level by making all the mistakes figuring all the stuff out and doing the work and literally putting in the time so that those dogs really understand their job and how to do it and what the rules are and they don't argue with you and you're not screaming at them and you're not i mean they just know this stuff and but the hours and the personal investment that goes into teaching this dogs because it's day day three they, there's no leashes there's no collars or nothing they just have to do the work and it's incredible and they've been doing it and when you hunt every upland every day it gets pretty exciting it gets pretty wild and crazy and those dogs came out looking better on the third day than they did on the second or the first which is a tribute both to those people who taught those dogs that stuff and to those animals that were so good so when you see dogs that have that tc1 triple crown one that's the first time that you pass it and we had a, all new ones except well, i think one and there was one funny looking little brown dog who is now the only TC2 dog in the country and did it uh, with the violins playing every step of the way. One of those types. When you see that something on a dog, either that's the luckiest dog in the world or that is a fantastic dog and trainer team that is there. So that those people that do that, um, they are special. I will say that they are special. And I hope that as the years and next year goes by and next year goes by all these people that i know are out there 
that have dogs like this and can do this, get out there and do this thing because one, it is a blast, especially when it's over, and it it uh, is really really meaningful. And the smiles that are on those faces of those people when they got their big old four foot long red, white, and blue ribbon in that silver plate where one of my co-judges constantly was reflecting him and himself in it. I don't know what that was, but when you see that and the happiness on that, I mean, that's what this is all about. You know, you did something amazing and nobody can ever take it away from you. And that dog is truly special. It isn't one that was gifted anything because we cut everybody out that should have been out. And the dogs that stood there at the end belonged, you know, and I salute every one of them and their handlers and their trainers and the people that produced that. So that was the Triple Crown. Every, it was, we were exhausted at the end. Um, everybody that watched was exhausted. The dogs, they were, there were birds now starting to run around. So they were ready to go hunting again, like always. But it was, uh, it was a very, very meaningful, uh, it wasn't just a fun dog thing. There was so much more. Any of you that have ever done that or competed at a real high level and failed and then competed at a high level and not failed and what it takes to do that, it's another deal. And if you have to explain it, you can't. But to go in there and play that game and stay in there that whole time and make it through, um, we lost some people that belong there but just did not have, you know, had one of those days. There was a few of those in there, and I, you know, that should be there at the end, but I think they will be on the next one. That's there. That kind of stuff happens. But the feeling when you do something that well, that long, that much, um, you know, salute to all of you guys. I'll brag about every one of you. Met some new friends, made some, got a lot of respect for some people, and um, it was a privilege to be able to just watch that and to be able to be the one, one of the ones judging that now my judges and I would talk later you know and it was like this is fun one you're judging really good dogs and really good handlers really good setups really good everything and people know what they're doing there were no questions about rules um people knew what they were and it was uh it was a great pleasure and I hope to goodness the kinetics videos whatever montage he puts together they put together of all that stuff um I hope so many people get to see it because if anybody doubts or questions this or wants to make fun of it or something I would just set this up and go we'll just have a look at this and then we'll talk because it was impressive and beautiful and I love these dogs and I love these people because it takes more than just having a little knack with a dog especially pointing labs you know it, it and I'll stop after this but I really want to say this because I, I don't know that anyone's done it longer than I have but if you want to go run field trials or something, the, how you do that is pretty well known. You know, what you go through and you get a mark in and then you teach them to handle and you have to set up the right marks and you have to do it frequently, land and water and all the concepts that are there in white coats standing out there. You, that's how you go do that. And similarly, you know, if you're going to go do the HRC, the grand thing or the master national, Okay, similar, they, you don't have white coats and there's a little difference in length and technicality and all that stuff in the hunt test. But you go and you get them, force fetch them and get them where they do marks and get them where they handle and then put together the kind of marks and blinds that those people have and, and then the steadiness and all that stuff. And that's how you do that. When you come to the pointing lab training, you have to do all of that stuff that I just talked about. 
you have to force fetch it and do all the technical work and get them to run marks and multiple marks and get them to handle and get them to do all different kind of concepts to go run any of those other two things. We have to do the same thing. Um, now we have at our master at our national we have the triples and all the stuff. And then you have to go over in the upland field, which is now independent thinking, where the dog is the one that's making a lot of the decisions and doing the work, and to move through a field, not following your directions, but how to move through a field, how to find birds, to honor the point that's in them and teach them to be staunch. And but this is all they do the work. It's not like running a blind where they every time you blow a whistle, they stop and go exactly where you tell them. Real independent thinking. It's a different kind of response thing going in the training of those dogs. So you can't just do one and then do the other. You have to have it mixed together. And that's why a lot of times these dogs are older, but not all of them. Um, to put those two things together takes a really good person designing out the work that goes there. And it, it you know, and they're, and all dogs are different. What works with Fang is not going to work with Fluffy. Uh, sometimes it's a very different thing that you have to approach. So those people that did that stuff with their dogs today, nobody else in the other venues really is aware of this. But in some ways, they're a little better than everybody else because it's hard to figure this out and put it all together day after day after day and have them be that good in everything. So I, you know, most people listening to this know it's it takes a little bit longer than a standard program because you got to balance those things out and people who do it are kind of artists at the same time and so it's a big deal and I saw some some fantastic work this weekend so again my hats off I salute all those people and those beautiful dogs and thank Kinetic for doing what they did for us and thank for the people that are coming and I hope to goodness folks that you catch a little bug of that because I guarantee you, none of those people who stand in there at the end there on those pictures are going to um, not go back. Or they're going to go back if they have a chance. Because uh, that stuff is, that, that was fun stuff and very, very special. So that's this podcast. Maybe I'll get back to our regular stuff here soon. Um, but I just really wanted to share that with everybody because it was memorable. And to thank uh the APLA for you know putting that on the way they did to thank uh John Eden and and Doc Barber for putting on a man they were, we were take well taken care of and it was beautiful location and good stuff and and we we had everything that we needed so they did an excellent job thanks to my co-judges who were hilarious super professional best people I've ever judged with I'd do it every day again with you guys you're fantastic one of one or more of the three of us will be there next year, but I, I got to see which one of these guys is going to be wanting to go run all their dogs. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, and above all, to those of you that were out there in the in the sun and doing the thing with your dogs and putting on a show, and and to the first TC two and to a very young couple of TC ones that are trained by by the owners, they don't pay somebody to hand it over and then they go do it. Those a lot of those people did it themselves and and. Um, kudos dudes that was <laughs> you're good you're good so that's it for this week uh proud of everything get on the facebook page i think where we should be able to see videos not sure but i'm going to really ask people to do it and uh everybody that this sounds good get to work on it now and come join everybody in idaho next year meanwhile take care be safe hunting season's here and also coming so everyone uh 
take good care of yourselves.